Hello, and welcome to this edition of Life's Tough, You Can Be Tougher. Our first podcast was earlier this year, and since we started, we've had a number of inspiring and engaging guests with lots of free-flowing conversation. I'm Dustin Planholt, your host. This is a show about life and purpose. It's about the stories we all have. Everyone, when you think about it, has a story. Some stories may sound more riveting than others. That's to be expected. Not every story, after all, is the basis for a blockbuster movie or an HBO miniseries. When you think about your own story, the most important thing to consider is what you will do with it. Or, to put it another way, what will your legacy be? We're looking forward to another terrific show today with our featured guest, Jackie Velasquez. Jackie is an accomplished recording artist who has had great success starting at an early age. She is a mainstay in the Christian music industry, and she has a book about to come out titled When God Rescripts Your Life. Before we begin, I want to welcome a returning sponsor, the POI Institute. The POI Institute is a private, luxurious, holistic detox center located in gorgeous Cabo San Lucas on Mexico's Baja California Peninsula. POI offers safe, medically-focused Ibogaine detox treatments for individuals suffering from a variety of addictions. Call the POI Institute at 833-POI-CABO. That's 833-POI-CABO. Or check out their website, POIibogaine.com. That's P-O-I-I-B-O-G-A-I-N-E.com. Be sure to tell them that Life's Tough sent you. Jackie Velasquez is a Grammy-nominated, award-winning singer. She has recorded albums in both English and Spanish. Born in 1979 in Houston, Texas, Jackie grew up in an evangelical church where her parents were singers and pastors. When she was nine, she was singing back up for her father, a full-time performer on the road. Jackie eventually sang solo. She released her debut album, Heavenly Place, in 1996. Five of the album's songs became number one hits. A few years later, in 1998, she met Rudy Perez, the prolific Latin hitmaker. Rudy produced her first Spanish-language crossover album, Yeager a Ti. Jackie continued to have success during her early career. Her second Spanish-language album, Mi Corazon, came out in 2001. One of its songs, Como Se Cura Una Rida, soared to the top of the Billboard Hot Latin Tracks chart, and the awards kept coming. Five of Jackie's songs became number one hits. Her success in Christian music was unparalleled, but Jackie's career went into a holding pattern. She had married young, and that marriage lasted just slightly more than a year. She felt spent, depressed. Eventually, she was able to get her career back on track, and now she has a book coming out, When God Rescripts Your Life. When you look at Jackie's overall career, you'll see that she's had three certified platinum albums, three certified gold albums, 16 number one singles, six more singles in the top 10, seven Dove Awards, three Latin Grammy nominations, and three Grammy nominations. Dove Awards, presented yearly by the Gospel Music Association of the United States, they recognize its standing achievement in Christian music. Jackie has also co-hosted Salem Broadcasting Network's The Family Friendly Morning Show with Doug and Jackie Velasquez, with more than 1.5 million daily listeners. She continues to write, record, tour, and serve as an advocate for autism awareness. Let's bring her on now. Jackie, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. How are you? Wow. Thank you. I got to tell you, that's quite quite the opening. Mine, mine is, I, I have a podcast, so <laughs> well, welcome on. You, 
It's quite remarkable. Uh, well, um, I, I hope I can fit my head through the door now. I mean, I still have to get laundry done today, so yeah, hopefully well, that'll work out. All right. Well, look, we're, we're gonna we're gonna dig into it. Uh, you're very humble. You've had a lot of achievement, and we're excited to hear about your story. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. So, your new book, "When God Rescripts Your Life," has the subtitle "Seeing Value." beauty and purpose when life is interrupted. What triggered you to write this? Uh, well, I, people ask me the question sometimes like, Oh, so why write a book now? And I'm going, well, because I had something to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, when, um, you know, we all have different stories and sometimes I always say with every choice, there's a conflict, be it good or bad. Um, sometimes we make a choice and it's like, wow, this consequence is a good thing. This was great. This is a great choice. And then sometimes we make a choice. It was the wrong choice because we were trying to make, trying to do what we thought was the right thing to do out of either selfish reasons or just foolish reasons. But either way, those consequences, it's amazing how, how even those consequences, they're so bad in the moment or at the time. But God can totally take those bad choices and turn them for something good. So, um, so I, I guess for this book, it's it's about the fact that the stories that I have currently, um, as they were kind of um, unfolding, if you will, uh, there were a lot of times I felt like an island, kind of alone, in in what I was facing um, as a wife, as a mother, as a as a daughter of the king. That's a lot to balance. Yeah, for sure. But um, but the thing that made me realize that I needed to write a book was because if I felt that way, how many more people felt that way? Well said. Yeah, you're, you're, not, so, you're not the only you one. For sure. For sure. And, and it's very easy in those moments to feel like you are. So... And and, and, and then growing up in a pastor's home, so my stepfather was a pastor... Uh, that that is a lot to take in. You had it from both sides. So, what was it like for for little Jackie having having parents uh, in a church? Uh, well, uh, my my dad was a pastor. Um, basically, I grew up in a Christian home, so like you know, you can't be born a Christian. But I was always surrounded by just church and Christianity, and I feel so blessed to have been raised that way because it kind of at least you, you, you grow up with these morals and these values and this understanding that God is always there. Um, I would say, I say that for me, um, watching my dad, watching my parents, I have a lot of um, compassion for pastors and their wives and their kids because it's a, it's a very unique life. It truly is a calling. It's something where, uh, you know, dad is, dad's at the church, dad can't make it to, you know, soccer practice that, you know, dad can't make it to this because he's doing this. And, and I find that it's a, it's a constant kind of struggle to balance, um, you know, God, wife, kids, ministry, because where, where do you draw the line? Yeah. So that's kind of the home I grew up in. It was all around you. And you also toured with your dad. I did. My dad got called into the evangelistic field when I was nine years old and I had uh, two older brothers from my mom's first marriage 
at, that lived with us at the time. But, well, that lived with us, but they were off to college. So I was the last kid left at home. So because I was the last kid left at home, it was like, okay, well, you, we can't leave you here. So yeah, you you're going to come, come out with you, us. You get to come um, along. That must have been exciting. Yeah, you're nine yeah. years old. You're, you're on the road. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was just, I was just doing what my parents told me to do. So I was like, okay, this is cool. So uh, we traveled in the backseat of a Honda Accord. We, my parents rented out our house. And we were basically living out of our car, going from church to church, you know, guest house to guest house, pastor's house to pastor's house, um, host home to host home. And then, you know, motels, because we couldn't do hotels at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, motel fixes, lots of a now looking back, dodgy things, like dodgy kind of areas that we would stay in. But as a kid, you just don't know any different. You difference. don't know so anything it's just, else. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you're just doing what you do. And, and then you get, to, you get to go and sing and meet new people and then make new friends. And then, then you have to say goodbye. And you don't know if you're ever going to see them again. And then you, you do so it again. I was homeschooled. Yeah, I was homeschooled in the back of the car. So that was kind of my um, my... I would watch a different, uh, well, it was not DVDs. They were VHS hmm. videotapes of like, uh, for my schoolwork. But then I would also, after the school books, you know, would go away, um, I would watch movies. And that was kind of my, um, my window into what the world was like outside of the Honda. Wow. And, and homeschooling, that, you know, that's a big transition. I mean, going from, yeah, I'm sure the people you grew up with, or at least in your neighborhood, they were going to school. Homeschooling um, in some areas can be a bit of a challenge. How did you find that uh, balance? How did you find the ability to connect with, with others? Uh, well, I don't think I really did connect with others. Because I, I, at that time, because at the time, had I been a homeschooler that stayed home, uh, they're like coalitions. Like there's, you know, a different, like they can make friends. They do this. They, they're like co-op kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're traveling and back then that didn't exist, but when you're traveling, you don't, there's no co-op. There's no like consistency. So you go, so I would go to different churches and I'd make friends with the pastor's kids or, or just the kids at the church. And, and then I'd have to, you know, say goodbye. So I, I would say that I was, I was really around adults more than anything. So that was a unique lifestyle. That, for that, sure. that is a unique lifestyle. Uh, how about your kids? Do they go on the road with you at all? Oh, every once in a while. I don't take them out very often because, well, because they would probably catch the churches on fire. <laughs> yeah. um, you got boys. I, like, uh, that sounds like my son, it. by the way. I said, don't do that. Will you stop? You, you quit. Stop <laughs> jumping on the chair. I thought I'm the only one that says when you're skipping rocks, no other people can be around. Exactly. <laughs> That is exactly true. My kids can, uh, they can break a bowling ball. <laughs> um, yeah, it sounds so, like a play on the uh, house. My boys are really, my boys are really close in age. They're 11 and, and 10. Those are good ages. So they're 14 and a half. Yeah, they're super fun. Um, I got to see them off, you know, school this morning and I was like, today was picture day. So I was like, okay, Soren, we got to get your hair good. Please don't mess it up by the time you do pictures. And he tells me, he goes, so what time are we doing pictures? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Don't mess up your hair. <laughs> leave it alone. So you, I mean, realize and, you go from a platinum selling artist to your mom. <laughs> You're changing diapers, fixing hair, getting kids ready, yeah. fixing boo-boos, 
That that's quite oh. a quite a change. Which one do you enjoy more? Oh, this for sure. This is my favorite. You like, um, you like being so a mama. Much. Oh, well, I love being a wife first, but I love being a mama. I am. Um, people people think it's strange, but I didn't learn to cook until I was a lot older because I was always traveling. So yeah. uh, we were kind of like Beaver Cleaver, like the you know the Cleaver House. Um, so we, uh, I make three meals a day when we're home. Three mm. meals a day. My kids, uh, uh, they'll eat anything that I make. And so will my husband. So it's kind of like totally normal. But then, you know, we just got back from Ireland on Saturday. Oh, wow. So what what part of Ireland? A, uh, Dublin and Belfast and the Northern Ireland to go see a giant Causeway. Wow. That, that sounds, it was it a good was trip. It was beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful. We also got to visit, visit um, a special needs school out there for kids like my son, like Zeeland. And I was able to meet some of those kids. And I was like, ah, oh, it just. It just tore my heart and broke my heart to see no matter how far you travel, um, people are facing something and they have a story. And I was thinking about, you know, those kids' parents. These kids are like 17 years old and I have my 11-year-old that's autistic. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, one day Zealand is going to be 17. How am I going to navigate autism and 17. <laughs> yeah, those are two big challenges. Yeah, for sure. And, and how's he doing today? Oh, he's good. He, uh, it's a funny thing. Hopefully he won't hear this, but not that he would really care because that's one of his superpowers. <laughs> um, if I can kind of explain autism the way that no autistic child is alike, there's nothing. You will never find an autistic, autistic child that is like another one. They might have similarities, but they're all so different. So my Zealand has a, a few superpowers. Um, his superpower, one of his superpowers is he doesn't care what people think about him. His other superpower is his uh, pitch reference. Um, he has a, an amazing ability to sing and to match pitch. Mm. And then third, um, he he has he he doesn't have the ability for fear in his mind so like um we can ride the craziest roller coaster in the world and he is like yes let's do it again <laughs> he's, so he's all for a, it. i'm the one that closes yeah. my eyes and goes oh god i hope i survive yeah. this thing <laughs> yeah the whole time i'm going dear jesus please forgive yeah, me that, that, please that's forgive me i go jesus, i'm so jesus. sorry i shouldn't have said that about the guy that's down there on the, the bottom i, I mean <laughs> please forgive me <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's he has different superpowers but um i mean you know it's a, it's a unique road for him because i find it um i find it ironic that my husband and i both have been in ministry um well me since i was nine and for my husband since he was like 14 uh, he used to play and sing at his aunt's church and then after that his mom's church so um in ministry it requires communication correct correct and as I was praying for this baby that was in my tummy, I remember praying for 10 fingers, 10 toes, and they were the most perfect 10 fingers, 10 toes. And then as time went by, um, we started noticing, you know, that he wasn't kind of meeting the milestones that other kids were meeting. So, you know, instead of burying my head in the sand, because if you know anything about the Myers-Briggs personality type, 
um, my husband is ENTJ and I am INFP. Hmm. So I typically like to bury my head. I don't like to face certain things because it's just like, ah, that's overwhelming. But when it comes to your kid, it's like, okay, rock and roll. What do we got to do? Let's see what's up. What do we, yeah. What do we got to do? Uh, and being a mom for you, uh, it's, it must be quite nostalgic. You look back, you were once nine years old, and now your kids are older than that. Do you see any similarities between you and any one of them? Uh, no. No, they, uh, they, they, well, I mean, I see similarities, like, in, like, uh, my youngest son, the way he speaks. He sounds like, he sounds like me when he speaks, because he kind of, it just, I, I just, Sounds like me. My husband even said that this morning. <laughs> sound like you. Um, but, but yeah, but like as far as um, like the way they're growing up, oh, nothing like me. I mean, they they actually you know get to they have consistency and they get to um, have friends. They go to school, and my son has a locker. He's now in middle school, and so I'm like going, "Wow, this is awesome! You guys are like leading the life that I dreamt of leading as a child." Normal normalcy. Yeah, yeah, like, and being able to grow up with people that you, you're in the same class you were with a, a kid that you had in kindergarten, you know, hmm. that's special. That, that is very special. Uh, and changing uh, topics, Rudy Perez, he's also a good friend of the Life's Tough podcast. Uh, you and Rudy, um, the, the, the early relationship and where you guys are, do, do you interact with Rudy these days? Oh, uh, yeah, periodically. Um, I, he had a book that came out. I think it, did it come out already? Uh, it just came out. Awesome. Yes. Uh, Rudy is an amazing human being. Um, he's just got such a good heart. Um, and let's just be honest. His wife is really like the, the key behind him. She is everything he spoke, for him. He spoke very highly. And I asked him this question. And I'm going to ask you, with all the fame, all the success, Everything around you, how did you not lose it all? How did you not become one of those people in the media where people are talking about you? Um, how did you stay out of trouble, quite frankly, Jackie? It seems to be impossible in the, the music industry. Um, well, I will, I'll tell you this. As far as staying out of trouble, I think I made poor choices at times in my life, especially uh, being given so much at a young age. But I'm grateful that I had a a mom who kind of, she tried to, tried to keep guiding me and guiding me. Also, I think a lot of it is just by, by the grace of God too. Um, and, and having those kind of built in, um, values and morals and knowing and truth and knowing what the truth is and who to go to for the truth. Man, that was where for, for you, be able to find find your out. You know, I, I think that the struggle must be when you have the level of fame that you've had in your career. How do you go back to being a mom? I mean, it might that must be an adjustment in itself to to go. One minute you're on stage, the next minute you're mom again. Okay, I will tell you this. So the funniest thing for me, so the reason I can't take my kids with me all the time when I travel is because I can't focus on what I need to do when my kids are around. So, um, so like there'll be times that people are talking to me and my son will walk up and he'll go, mom, 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 can, can, can I have the keys? Can, can I, I'm like, 
buddy, hold on. <laughs> and then I feel this pull of like, am I focusing too much over here instead of my child? So that's, that's why I kind of have to, I kind of have to separate those two. But what's funny is the other day, uh, it was actually during the summertime, I took the boys to go paint pottery. And so I'm, I thought, I was like, they're probably just going to break it all. But they actually did a good job. They, so they left it alone. I, yeah, I, I took the boys to paint pottery. And so Zeeland, uh, my oldest, he, um, he, uh, he was funny. We saw a kid that he knows from, from school who, who is also autistic. And so I said, hey, Zeeland, don't you know that kid? And he goes, yes. And I go, well, what's his name? He goes, I do not remember. And I said, okay. Well, do you want to introduce us? He goes, okay. And so we walk over. And so he goes, Carter. He goes, I go, what's your name? He goes, my name is Carter. And I go, and then so I say, Zeeland, will you introduce us? He goes, excuse me, Carter. This <laughs> is my mother, Jackie Velasquez. She is a singer. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's setting the stage, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, rights. and so I go, <laughs> but it's not that. It's just he's so literal. But I'm like, buddy, that's not my name. My name is. Jackie Gonzalez. We have the same name, but um, it's just it's hard to define, you know, to define the differences. But for me, of course, I love making music. I love using the gifts that God has given me to glorify Him and to bring people, um, to bring people closer to Him, to bring, to to make Him, um, uh, I guess, for God to allow me just to, to to use me to to share his message, to share his word through music. But I appreciate that. But of course, I love being a wife and a mom. And I love kind of just having, you know, both. And a lot of times people say, how do you find that balance? Well, the way I find the balance is um, being faithful to God is being faithful to all the things that God has placed in your life, that God has placed in your life, not me. God. So that's being a wife, being a mother, and the ministry that he's given me. Well said. And by the time this episode airs, you would have turned 40 years old. Uh, do you have any particular goals for your career at this point? Oh, no. Actually, for my 40th birthday, we're going to, for my 40th birthday, I'm take, we're going, we're taking the boys on a cruise, on a Disney cruise. So um, I don't know how they hijacked my birthday once yeah, it's like they took it from you, huh? <laughs> going to Disney. But, but I will tell you why. Because I looked at Disney cruises for the summertime. And I was like, dude, they're so expensive. Mm -hmm. So I told the boys, I was like, okay, we're going to probably have to go during hurricane season. <laughs> because yeah. it's like $12,000 less. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a big deal. We, the family, the planets have been on quite a few uh, Disney excursions. And it's expensive. Yeah, it's super expensive. So I chose to go during like not peak season so that it wouldn't be so expensive. And the kids, I mean, all they want to do is swim in the pool. So well, that's nothing, that's nothing wrong with that. that. That seems to be fun. For sure. And your, your husband, Nick, he's also had a career in Christian music. Uh, does the fact that yes. both of you, you know, you're both musicians, um, how does it impact your marriage? Actually, it's great because we both, have uh, an understanding for each other's lifestyle. So like, not lifestyle, not that we live a life apart, but I understand when he's going on the road that, you know, I know what he's doing. I know what goes on. So it's, I know he's not out there just like, 
hey, having a good old time. No, he's going to see the hotel, the venue, and the airport, and that's it. And then he's back. Yeah, I looked him up, by the yeah, way. He seems, he, like a really, he seems like a really cool dude. Oh, he is the best. He is the best. He's a, he is, he is, I don't know. I guess I just thank God for him every day that God would see fit to uh, bless me with such an awesome husband who is an amazing daddy, by the way. I mean, he actually taught me how to change pampers. He did. Because I, huh. yeah, I, I, I didn't have any little brothers or sisters. And he had some nieces um, that used to live with them when, you know, when he was younger. So he knew how to change pampers. So oddly enough, my husband is left-handed. So because he taught me how to change pampers. Yeah, yeah I'm left-handed as well. Like, yeah, I got to say, a lot you? of respect for lefties. Oh, for sure. It, it's a right-handed world. It and sure so is. Only, left, only lefties can truly... Uh, notice when somebody else is a lefty. Yeah, that's now, what my husband always says. Does he? Does he? With his, with his cell phone, does he have it in his right hand or does he have it in his left? Oh, I don't know. I've never. You got to pay attention because I have my okay. I, my cell phone's always my right, and I use a mouse on the right hand side. Okay. You'll you'll well, note you're going to start to look for these details because lefties have had to figure out the way that righties do it. Okay. Well, he does play guitar like a righty. He does. Okay. And he plays drums like a righty. So he probably has learned to. Yeah. Yeah. That, I guess the only time he does lefty. Oh, for golf, he, he plays golf like a lefty. He does. And see, I, 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 and I, yes. I, I'll golf from the right. I'll bat from the right. Um, I can also then do it from the left. But so he'll switch it up. All right. It's, I tell you, lefties, oh, yeah, we've, sure. had to, we've had to learn how to adapt because, yes, it is a righty's world. You had to conform, not learn. Conform. Conform. That's a good way. That you guys manipulated us and just saying you don't get it your way. Go. All right. Well, we'll, we'll uh, some I'm other sorry. That's funny. And acting. So tell me about that. Going yeah. from performer to to actress. Uh, well, I guess people sometimes ask me. So, uh, why would you? Why do you like acting? I was like, because who doesn't like playing pretend? I mean, you get to pretend to be somebody else for a while. And so acting for me has been a great outlet to kind of just, um, to kind of uh, actually dive into me personally, like mentally and in my soul, to kind of pull things out that can relate to other people. So these characters, how can I relate with this character? So it's actually a great tool for, um, for understanding other people and what they're going through. Yeah. I had the opportunity to be a lead role in an upcoming movie with Diane Cannon. Uh, and Ooh, cool. I'm, I'm telling you training for it, having to memorize lines. It was like nothing I think I'd ever done before. Uh, you're, you're on set. You don't want to let everybody down. You, you remember the first time you were oh, on yeah. set and not want to let people down. Oh, for sure. Like the worst is when you forget your line and everyone's just standing there waiting and looking at you. It's terrible. You're like, ah, I was me. Ah, I know. I, I did that in one of the scenes. And then I also, to the actors I was in a scene with, I was telling them their lines. And I go, all right, the tides have turned. <laughs> yep. It's true because, um, but then, but then you never want to seem like the know-it-all either. So that's the scary part. Sometimes when, when I know the lines for the other actors, I'm like, I don't say it because I'm going, I don't want them to be like, ah. That Jackie, she's so, always stealing the stage. Yeah, and that's the worst. <laughs> that, that's the worst. You know, that I never wanted to be like that. And, and so but I've done that before, you, trust me. You've done it. And left, so you were in the movie Left Behind 3, is that correct? Uh, no. Or was it 3 I was Left in, Behind? My writer mess up. I was in Jerusalem Countdown, okay. The Encounter, 
Um, uh, well, the other, I can't, rumors of wars. Um, run the race. Um, I can't, I can't remember them all. And I, I don't mean that to be like haughty. Yeah, I no, that, that, that's, the- that's a lot. Well, I, uh, my, my writer <laughs> wrote down one, I go left behind. So you, you believe in the rapture. Wanted to dig into that a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't in left behind. <laughs> left behind I, go, I got left behind. How'd you do that to me, Jackie? Ah! <laughs> I grew up on those films going, really? This is how it's all going to go down, huh? Oh, uh, we'll never know, will we? I guess we'll never know. Or will we? Or, 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 or will we? That, that's that's a better question. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> get right, get right, get right. <laughs> uh, get right. And look, we ask all of our guests, who's the toughest person or persons that you've ever known? Like toughest? Yeah, who's the toughest? Who's the one that maybe got you through the tough days or held you accountable? Who in your life has been inspiring? Somebody you've looked up to. Hmm. I don't. I don't mean to be like all obvious, but probably my mom. I mean, she's been through a lot. Um, she got pregnant when she was fourteen, and oh my gosh, she was a baby. And she, yeah, she was a baby, and uh, she had two babies, and then he left, and so she kind of raised her kids by herself, and then, and so thankfully she met my dad, and together they had me. I mean, they're no longer together, but I think it's pretty amazing when you can still. That's the story. Um, yeah. I mean, you can still stand up there. You can stand in front, you know, at church and just worship God and thank him for his goodness and his grace all the time and still have, you know, and have gone through a lot in your life. I mean, 14 years old, having yeah. a child. <clears throat> yeah. And a, a baby you, having babies. A baby having babies. Uh, and your mom, what was your mom's name? Diana. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as we close out, any final words you have uh, for the men and women listening around the world? Tell us about where you are now. Tell us about uh, how we can follow you. Um, yeah. Well, I think final words would be um, we all have a story. Having grace for those around us that we don't actually see it all the time, what they're facing, what they're going through. Um, me, and my husband, people probably would look at us and think, oh, they must have it together. No, of course we don't. Um, we struggle with the fact that we hope and wish we could outlive our son, our oldest son, so that we could take care of him for his whole life. But that's not going to happen. So, um, so. I guess it's about understanding that people are going through something and giving them grace in their pain and walking with them and being a shoulder and and just sometimes being a good listener is the best thing you could possibly do. Um, also, well, I guess that would be the main thing, just realizing that everybody has a story and you are not an island and make sure that Nobody else ever feels like an island. Wise words, because there's a lot of people in this world that feel as if I'm the only one, and yet they realize yeah. through stories like yours that you're not the only one that's been down. You're no. not the only one that's, I'm a mom, What's I'm a wife. Um, I'm not the only one that's dealing with life. I mean, life's a journey. Every day we seem to learn something new, don't we, Jackie? Every day. Every day with a son with autism, um, he recently started going through puberty. And it's like, okay, now I have a newborn baby again. What do I do? 
So everyone has a story and just being, um, being available, uh, for, for others and also knowing that God is always listening and waiting. And sometimes we don't always get the response that we want in the time frame that we want because it's all in his timing. There's a perfect plan and a perfect path and just being willing to, to ask God for wisdom on how to follow what he wants and to hear his voice, to hear his whispers is the most valuable thing you could ever do in life. Wise words, Jackie. Thank you so much for being on today. And for all of you listening in, life's tough, but Jackie's mom, Diana, is tougher. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. So that wraps up our show for today. Thanks again to Jackie Velasquez for making this another terrific and enlightening episode of our Life's Tough podcast. And thanks to you, our amazing audience, for making the Life's Tough podcast one of the most relevant, engaging, and fastest-growing shows around. Also, special thanks to my dear friend, Gerald Levin, Life's Tough chief writer and my Sherpa, and to my good friend, John Miller, of the Alston Carlisle Studio here in Baltimore, Maryland. You already know life is tough, and running your own business is tougher. You need a financial planner who's tougher. Carl Grund is a financial planner who helps small business owners navigate the market and grow their business through financial strategies. Give Carl a call at 703-287-7128. That's 703-287-7128. Or send an email to cgrund at sfpfinancial.com. That's cgrund at sfpfinancial.com to learn how Carl can help you get tough on business. Securities and advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. The stories we all hear are as varied as the people who tell them. It's impossible to discount the impact of any one singular experience. Instead, I ask you to use your story to empower others. Your story may be just what it takes to help somebody in your circle or perhaps in our community to get through a tipping point moment, an instance in when that person either chooses to continue to be a victim or when that person finds the strength to transcend a particular situation. Please subscribe to our show. Visit lifestough.com and be sure to join us every week for a new stimulating hour of heartfelt discussion. Tell your friends about us too. Remember, everyone has a story and every story has a purpose. Life's tough. You could be tougher. Thanks for listening and being a part of our community. Now for the entire Life's Tough team, this is Dustin Planel signing off. Have a great week, everyone.